Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Innovation Podcast, your source for all things innovation. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Edward Brooks on the line, and he is founder over at thebeacons.org. Edward, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. So uh, excited to get into today's topic. So learning how to speed up the adoption of a new idea or technology. I mean, a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives listening to this right now. So that's a hot topic. Um, if we can get faster adoption rate, I mean, nobody's going to complain there. Um, but before we get into today's topic, let's go a little bit further into what you're doing over at The Beacons. Um, tell us a little bit more about your company, please. Yeah, so the kind of background is, Frustration, you know, frustrated entrepreneur, you know, frustrated technologist, um, you know, spending so much time with, you know, working in big companies or working to sell to big companies with amazing technology, and it's just taking so long for them to be aware of not just where the world's going, but where it's at today. So um, <laughs> this all came out of my frustration, you know, um, with the kind of the adoption cycle. And the, the simple analogy, or the two simple analogies are, you know, cloud computing or SaaS models. For example, they were around for about 15 years before they became mainstream. So that was 15 years of wasted benefit. You know, you look at our recent adoption of video conferencing and, you know, Zoom technology. We could have done that years ago, but we didn't. So my, our goal, our mission is to speed up that adoption rate and shorten the gap between what's possible and what's mainstream. Man, I love that, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I I laugh sometimes when people are telling me about the about the video conferencing things. I'm like, do you know when Skype came out? I think that was like 2005. I could be off a couple of years, but I'm like, that was a long time ago. That video, like, at well, least my, my, I've my, been using. <laughs> I was gonna say, but my my favorite question I ask people is, you know, guess when Shazam was founded? Do you know the Oh, I don't know that one. No, what is that? You know, you know Shazam when you hold up your phone yeah. and you hear the music. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it tells you the music. So do you know, do you know when it was founded? I do not know when. Nineteen ninety nine. Wow. You know, way before iPhones. Way before you used to hold your phone up to, to a bar to hear the song and it would send you a text message back with the name of the song. But the point is, you know, that gap between what's possible and what becomes mainstream. You know, there's years of lost value, lost benefit to the world if if people are not aware of what can be done today, let alone where we're going in the future. And if you're able to kind of be aware and adopt things quickly today, then it just positions you better for all the amazing things that are coming to you tomorrow or next year or the year after. So that's our mission. Man, I love it. That's awesome. Um, and I think that's a great that's a great transition to today's topic. So, how to speed up the adoption of your new idea or your technology? I mean, uh, big topic, Edward. Where do you want to start with this one? Well, the simple thing is that you know I, I view there's a kind of hierarchy of difficulty in the world. You know, so the, the the simplest thing in the world is to have an idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's free. Ideas are free. They're cheap. They're you know they're easy to come by. Once you do anything with that idea, that's kind of like you've gone into a position where most people don't even do anything with anything with a business idea. Mm -hmm. The next easiest thing is actually build your product or build your service because you know building stuff kind of simple. You know, and once you've actually got in front of your ideal clients, then you know closing the deal was relatively simple. They either like it or they don't like it. But it's the bit in between is making your client aware that you can, or your potential client aware that this is possible, it's achievable, it's doable, it's real, it's worked for you know other clients. 
Um, it's just that last bit is getting in front of the right audience to understand, to make them understand what's possible to solve their business problems today or next week or next month rather than some stage in the future. So that, that's a second last step in the whole process from idea through to sale. You know, and it, it, in some ways it's lead generation, but it's also about, you know, making people aware of an easy format as to what's possible today to solve their business problems today. Where do you find, and I know this is going to vary, by the way, from person to person, company to company, whether they're funded, whether they're not funded. I mean, infinite variables here. But I do know uh, working with people and, and on this niche and this model, as long as you have been, that certain themes tend to arise. Where do you find a lot of founders or co-founders and or businesses go wrong in getting adoption of their idea or getting their technology out there? Well, it's a very simple question. Um, well, the, the answer is that you know, they are technologists, they're dreamers, they're ideas, people, they're fantastic at these things. They are, you know, the whole business of, you know, sales, getting in front of the ideal customer, that's the bit they're not, they're not experienced at. So when you, the, so the, the litmus test I always have for people is I ask them, you know, who is your target audience? And quite often they'll say, oh, it's the CFO, or the CEO, or the head of HR, head of marketing. And I'll say, okay, that's maybe the guy that writes the check and says yes, but even if he is the decision maker, He's always going to bounce off, you know, his CIO or his CFO or his CEO before he actually signs up. But in reality, you know, there's a whole audience you have to get to before you can um, get to that stage. You know, there's the, there's the people who are on the ground facing the business problem that are looking for solutions. They then speak to the manager. The manager says, let's look for an idea to solve this. They come up with some ideas, make some recommendations. Then it goes to their boss and then somewhere along the line. So you've, even in, within the one organization, you get so many, you know, people you need to be, um, and getting your message across to that this is your this is what you can do you can solve their problems, and that's a logistical nightmare for many companies and a kind of an effort thing. And I don't know if you know about my, my discovery of marketing in the last few years is huge, but you know the law of nine, insofar as you have to your people will not touch you or buy from you until they've seen your product or your or your brand nine times. So not only do you have to influence all these people, but you have to do it nine times before, be in front of them nine times before they're actually going to take action. And logistically, that's painful for any organization, especially startups who are focused on product growth and, and sales. But, but add to that the complexities of, um, um, you know, people digest content in different formats and they access it in different media. So, you know, you've got a very, very exponentially painful process to go through just to get to your right customer. So the point is, um, when someone says, oh, yeah, my target audience is the CEO or the CFO, you know that they just don't understand their market. The market is, you know, the suppliers, the partners, the influencers, ex-colleagues, people that used to work with you, uh, plus everyone in your organization. And that is, you know, how you get to, to a, a highly effective sales process. So, um, Edward, I'm definitely a, a low-hanging fruit kind of guy, and uh, not to oversimplify this or the process, but um, what are some things that some of the uh, some of the listeners right now can start thinking about in terms of um, kind of speeding up the adoption rate of either their idea or technology? Well, the very first thing, I, so for established companies, we talk about leakage, and ask them to think about leakage, and leakage is all the data points, all the connections they have with basically the outside world who can help them influence. Mm -hmm. So it could be suppliers, it could be partners. So for example, if, if you're running a webinar, you don't just market it to your existing mailing list and your existing you know, social media. You get your, you know, leakage that, that you know, you're missing out because you're not uh, leveraging your partners, your suppliers. So you get your partners and suppliers to promote your, your content as well, what you're doing, your events, your 
whether it's face-to-face, online. So leakage is not leveraging your partners. Leakage is if you're training people to use your platform and there's 10 people in the room, you're not getting all 10 people's email address. Um, because those 10 people may already have bought your product, but they're also going to become your evangelist further down the line. So the starting point is to look at, for established companies, is to look at your leakage points. And it, it, there's a whole range of them from suppliers, partners, uh, trainees, users, you know, decision makers. Everyone you touch or, or touches your product, you, know, you need to know who they are. You need to categorize them. You need to be able to you know, be, have a communication program for them because they are going to help you get to a bigger, bigger, uh, bigger audience faster. And then the second part we talk about is leverage. You know, every single bit of content you're doing, whether it's, um, and again, Adam, you probably <laughs> know this inside out, but you know, if you're doing a 50-minute interview like this, then, um, you know, especially a video interview, you turn it into the 50-minute video into, you know, 45-second excerpts, um, you shove them into social media, you take the key quotes or the key messages, you get them going to Canva, you put them onto uh, quote cards that then go to your Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. But you're taking one 50-minute interview or one 30-minute webinar, whatever you, that one bit of content, and you're leveraging it like crazy so that you're not losing um, any part of your audience because you don't know if they're on LinkedIn, you don't know if they're on Facebook. But then the third part of, you know, leakage leverage and the third part is actually data. It's work, looking at and tracking at what's working, where your audience is engaging, and what's, uh, and what's working well, and doing more of that. Man, I love it. Those are for those of you listening to this. I don't know if you understand, but Edward just summed up uh, like a uh, marketing strategy and a strategy that you can work on for the next year to make a difference in your business. But it's all about execution, so you're going to want to um, rewind this one or start it over, whatever you're listening to. Take some notes on what Edward just said because he just he just did a masterclass on this one with you and and how to plug the leaks in that boat because a lot of people are leaking, and I'm going to have my team listen to this and see what we're leaking. Maybe we got some leaks that need to be plugged. I love it. So, Edward, that well, being said. I was going to say, the, the, the good thing about having um, podcasts is, and have a Scottish accent, you can actually slow it down to listen at a proper speed. Ah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, Edward, uh, that being said, if somebody's listening to this and they want to learn more about the Beacons or connecting with you and your team, I mean, what's the best way for them to reach out and to get some more info? Yeah, LinkedIn's always very powerful. Uh, you know, um, it's Edward, you know, I think Edward-Brooks on LinkedIn. Um Go to the beacons.org website, um, um, or it's eb at the beacons.org for my direct email address, edward b for Brooks. That's awesome. Well, Edward, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing more about your background, all the great things that you're doing over at the Beacons. Uh, again, everybody listening, go check that out. So uh, beacons.org or thebeacons.org, excuse me. Um, and to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. Uh, and if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Innovation, definitely give us a subscribe there, but also leave some comments in the video. Love to know what kind of projects and things that you're working on. And Edward, thanks again for coming on the show. No pleasure, Adam. I loved it. Thank you.